Hello and welcome to the D&D 420 podcast. This is a show dedicated to helping you become a better dungeon master. I'm your host, Eric M. Hunter, and I am a struggling game master trying to figure out how to tell a better story. Joining me shortly is Jimmy Shields. He is the creator of D&D 420 and an avid D&D fan for over 30 years experience. Welcome back to a season two of D&D 420 podcast. In this episode, I take the stance of a brand new player taking their first steps into the world of 5th edition. We begin our build of a new character, starting with the importance of choosing a background first. Also, we are happy to announce that our own Grand Tormentor himself, Jimmy Shields, and D&D 420 are joining forces with the D20 Initiative in a brand new adventure called Epic Safeguard. So for links to their website, Facebook, where they're going to play on Twitch streaming, and an intro to the adventure are all in the show notes below and on our website at dnd420.com. All right, so Jim, we've got an entire season of us breaking down what it's like to be a DM, uh, things to look for when building your campaign. Why not go back a step even further as to the very new player, the guy who, or gal, um, who knows what D&D is, um, maybe has an idea, maybe they even have the book, and it's time to create the all-in-purpose character for their very first session. Um, right, yeah, that's a, that's a great idea. It's almost like I thought of it myself. It's amazing, the concepts that come through my head. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> so it was by, uh, by committee. So I thought it would be an interesting idea to kind of just break it down piece by piece and how to make maybe not the best character for a D&D game, but a very good one that's going to be fun to play. Well, we want to talk about making the best character for you, not only for you, because it's important to think about what you can and can't play, but also for the party and for the group as a whole even including your dm because when we say party we're talking about the players but we also want to make a character that is good for the dm because there's there's a lot of give and take in dnt as you well know from playing a lot of my games um you want to there's there's a certain amount of edge lord that people like to make i want to be this super edgy like quote unquote unique character that like every group has one so you're really not on the edge of anything at all i want to be a uh a tiefling warlock like are you really edgy edgy if you're a tiefling warlock because it's in the core book and the answer is no but like if you're a tiefling warlock who's neutral evil and and has the uh hermit uh mentality the hermit build and say that I hate being around other people and I kill for fun. Like, okay, first of all, you got to stay alive in this campaign. You want your DM to be happy that you're playing the character. You want the other players to be happy you're playing your character. And you want to be happy playing your character. So sometimes you got to reel it in just a bit. And it might be a cool concept, but it's a give and take. So, okay, that totally makes sense. Um, and I think this, so this kind of echoes what we were talking about, even in the last uh, set of sessions where it was like, you know, getting with the group, understanding who your players are, that kind of thing. It's kind of the same idea from the player's perspective of 
what is the DM looking for? Like, is there certain characteristics that they're looking for that we can play into um, to help kind of forward the process? Yeah, and you know, oftentimes your DM will say, "We're going to play X, Y, Z." It could be an it could be the Ghosts of Salt Marsh campaign, and it's pre-made, and you can look at that and go online and look and see what you're getting into. There's a reason that your DM told you that. It's so that you can go look. And, you know, or oftentimes, like I do, I'll say, okay, guys, we're playing in 2Mac United. I have a link to give you. I want you to read that because I want you to keep this in mind when you're making your character. And there's often more information that goes with it. Um, You're going to be a gladiator or you're going to be um, in search of treasure or whatever the case may be there's something you're doing and you kind of want to fit that story if you can you don't want to necessarily be uh, a hermit druid who's in this political campaign and it's just political intrigue all the way does the druid really fit in with that so it's again it's it's about fitting but you want to make sure you're going to have fun too so go with your first instinct but always have a kind of a backup in mind and where I like to start is obviously the book starts with races. You'll want to pick your race and match it to your class. So there's three things now in fifth edition as opposed to other editions that you want to keep in mind when you're making your character. And you want to kind of reverse engineer it a little bit. And what I mean by reverse engineering is you can pick your race, then you can pick your class, and then you can kind of pick your, um, uh, what do they call it in fifth edition? Your, you said your race, your class, your uh, background. Oh yeah, which is new, I guess. That's well, it's a fifth edition thing. So yeah. like, it's it could be hermit, acolyte, criminal, um, entertainer, charlatan. So you got to keep all three things in mind when you're making your character. So I like to start with your background and say, well, who am I? And if you start there and then you go back and start to fill in the other gaps, it might seem like it's best to pick your race and then your class. But often, the further you get into the character and then reverse engineer, the better off you're going to be. So I recommend looking at those kind of uh, templates like criminal and such and thinking about those things first. Think about who you want your character to be. You can have a race in mind. As long as it's not set in stone, you can even have a class in mind. Um, that's all good, but you want to start because these um, templates give you abilities sometimes that you want to go backwards. So, like, if you do pick a criminal, you get skill proficiencies of deception and stealth. Why then, when I pick halfling rogue, am I going to check stealth in my uh, box there for, um, for my skills? Why am I going to check that? That's why you reverse engineer it, because you don't have a choice with your background. With that criminal background, you automatically get those two things. So then you go backwards and you say, okay, I know I'm a halfling rogue criminal, so I know that criminal gives me these two things. Then when I pick my class abilities, I'll look at my race abilities. Then I finally fill out what I want my class abilities to be. So you don't ever want to go jump up, put the the horse before the cart, or the cart before the horse. Which way does that go? 
you don't want to put the cart before the horse. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, this no, is so, the four twenty. <laughs> well, let's 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 even go a step back before that. Let's just say, like, I don't even know what kind of background I'm going to have. Do you know what I mean? Like, maybe I'm just so excited to play. Like, I'll play any background. Like, what is? Do you have? Do you have any ideas of like what would be good like templates to be like? Well, if you like, let's just say you like this guy. Here's how we can build off of that. Such as, what do you mean, this guy? Well, let's say I'm a fan of Captain America. I just like Captain okay. America. I like what he stands for. I wouldn't mind playing a character like him. Like, I don't want to build something from scratch because I'm just not that creative or I don't know the book that well or I'm not that in-depth in the game itself. But I, you know what I do like? I like Captain America. That's no problem. You should ask your DM if you can make a Captain America-type character because... It's highly likely that your DM is going to say, you know what, I, I feel you, you can be Captain America, and I have a way for doing that for you. And he might say, you want to be a paladin, you're likely going to be a human, and he might even have a background in mind that he feels like fits your, like soldier, that fits perfectly. But you'll still, when you're building your abilities, want to go look, take a look at that soldier first. And make sure that that's what you're thinking, because you might be a folk hero instead, or you might, you know, you want to put a twist on Captain America. You don't want to just be Captain America. Your character's name isn't going to be Captain America, and if it is, you're probably not playing in my game. Right. <laughs> so that'd be, that'd be a Commander Tumac. Or whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Fun, uh, hilarious. No, no, all right. But I mean, he might if your DM says and you read it, and you, your DM says, "Oh, do you like?" Do you like the soldier paladin? You could be like, you know what? I'm not feeling the soldier bit. What do you recommend? Talk to your DM because he might say, be a sailor, be a sailing version of Captain America. Or, uh, he, you know, he may have some other idea or he may have some custom backgrounds made. You know, I've, I've got custom backgrounds and a game I'm playing in coming up um, called the Epic Safeguard is has some custom backgrounds that fits the world that i'll be playing in so you want to take a look at those things and see if, if that might be a direct plug into the story um just ask your dm and ask the other players too because if they've already got a paladin and a fighter in the group and you want to play captain america it could just be the ideology of captain america that you like what is it about captain america that you are attracted to is it his shield is it the way he moves? Is it the way he talks? Is it his belief system? Because we'll come up with something to make you happy. Just make sure you communicate that with your DM and the rest of the group during, hopefully you'll do a session zero, which I highly recommend. So that was going to be my next question. So, you know, obviously communication is key um, from all aspects of this game. So we talked a little bit about session zero from the DM side. Talk about how that can influence a player when you do session zero. Well, if you show up wanting to play Captain America, this is a great, a great way to start. Um, you show up, you may be like you said, new to D and D, and you show up saying, "I want to play Captain America," and two other people already have their characters made. It could affect you if there's already a paladin in the group and a fighter in the group ideally not always is this going to be the case but ideally your group is going to consist of a skill character i.e rogue a fighting character or two tanks like fighter paladin um 
It's gonna you're gonna have a magic wielding character, possibly a warlock, a wizard, or a sorcerer. And you're gonna have a healer, which could end up being a druid, or it could end up being a cleric. Um, there's lots of ways you can go and still be a healer. So but you're probably going to want to have each of those things represented. And tanks, it's if you're going to have multiples of something, it's it's often good to have multiple tanks, so long as the rest of the group is fleshed out. It's kind of hard to go into a dungeon and delve into mysterious ruins that could be booby-trapped and secret passages everywhere, and you're a group of human fighters. It could be very difficult. Yeah, because you're just, I mean, you'll miss all of that. You're not going to get healed from the first fight. Yeah. You fall into a trap, you're dead. Game over. Not very fun. You want those support characters there healing you. You want the support characters there for your fighter finding traps. And some even call the fighter a support character for the wizard. So uh, you, you want to go and feel out. If you're new to it, off, often enough in my game as a DM, I like to let the new person pick first. Because what are you comfortable with, Eric? What do you want to play? If you show up saying you want to play Captain America, chances are you and I have talked about that before Session Zero, and I've relayed that to the rest of the group um, and said, hey guys, uh, Eric is new to the game. He's kind of wanting to play a Captain America, to which somebody else might go, oh, you mean like a paladin? Sure, yeah, like maybe a paladin, maybe a cleric. We don't know yet. We're going to ask Eric when we show up, show him a couple of ideas, so maybe... Maybe I have a player who's going to help you with that. Maybe I'm going to help you with that. Um, but once you start to hear another thing that could affect your decision is once you start to hear about the game world. If I say we're going to play in 2Mac United and this is an oppressive regime, they have a black dragon, sorcerer king. Um, everybody knows he's a black dragon. Everybody is afraid of him and you ain't shit unless you got dragon heritage unless you got some sort of dragon in your blood unless you're a sorcerer unless you are uh, you know unless you're actually a dragon right so or dragon born you know there's certain things that in this setting get you somewhere uh, socially so you may start to change your tune once you hear those sort of things like you know Captain America doesn't sound like the guy for this, but what if I were a dragon version of Captain America? That could also affect you. So it's important not to marry yourself, I think, to one concept before you show up to session zero. There are going to be people that will, who say, you know what, in Jim's next campaign, I'm going to play a warlock, and I'm going to play an Asimar warlock of this pact, and I'm going to take these... Um, these type of abilities and this is how I'm going to do it. There always will be that player in the group. So that's why it's important, especially if you're a newer player, to let yourself be a little bit flexible. Um, I mean, if you're going to show up and you've, you're familiar with the concept of D&D, you're just going to show up and play in a game that you're not sure of, listen to what the other people have to say around you. Listen to what they're going to play. Listen to what they're going to do and you know, take take some notes from them because often enough, there's going to be other players at the table who've played more than you have, and 
why not take a listen to what they've got to say? It's worth it. So, and I'm, I'm sure you've, you've felt this way and I've definitely felt this way. Like some of these books are so seeped and just strange verbiage and overpacked with tables and stats and stuff. So like, for instance, you know, just looking at chapter four for the personality and the backgrounds, there's a whole table for random height and weight. Like at the end of the day, how important are that stats necessary? like that? Right. Um, it depends on your DM. Like in my games, it comes up. It's not overly important, but if you're trying to fit somewhere, it could be, you know, but here's the thing. Every DM is going to do that differently. Um, and 50% of the DMs are probably less actually are going to say, I want you to roll the dice that the book says, especially if you're a new player. Like, I don't want you just being like a five foot five dwarf. Like that just doesn't make sense. You know, because you don't know. So I want you to play by the book if you're a new player. Other DMs are going to tell you, uh, be four foot five. You're a dwarf, be four foot five. Just put that down. And you're 180 pounds. Just put that down. Because you don't want to spend too much time on certain things like that. Now, if you want to be a portly dwarf, you may express that to your DM. But don't spend too much time on these sort of things. Um, and I don't even necessarily recommend as a brand new player if you want to read as much as possible and you want to and you're the kind of person who wants to get into the book and read from cover to cover by all means your dm will friggin love you if you do that and you can show up quoting rules he'll love you and he'll hate you because <laughs> you'll you'll forget as much as you remember but all you really need to read is you need to read your race a couple of times and mostly like um, the descriptive stuff. You'll want to read your class a couple of times, mostly the abilities you start off with and the descriptive stuff. And you'll want to make sure you know your background because when you get into that personality and background, know what languages you speak. It will come up in the game. You know, know if you're an acolyte who sees omens in every event and action, think about that. Think about that ahead of time. You're going to see omens everywhere. You might even come up with some quotes to write down that are kind of cool and might relate to your character that you might be able to say in game. That is, It is not too far-fetched or too contrived to have certain types of things you want to say in game in mind, especially as a new player. I once made a monk a half-giant for sake of this podcast it was called agiane or gargantuan is what the the negative verbiage was gargantuan um named hakim and hakim was this he believed in cord the god of strength and everything was about strength of mind strength of body strength of character to him so i had four pages of my favorite strength quotes written down and I had them organized by mind, body, and character so that when conversation would come up, I could flip to that page and if I could insert one that made me sound like uh, a kung fu movie, a guy in a kung fu movie just inserting his random uh, wisdom here and there, I did. And the players around me, you know, you were in that game. 
I was in the game, yeah. You know, Hakeem was a living, breathing monk. He wasn't just a guy who could throw a bunch of punches and kicks. Well, and he wasn't just a character that Jim was playing. Do you know what I mean? Like, he was was somebody. He was somebody. I did a lot of work on him. And there's, there's nothing wrong with that. If you want to print some stuff out that reminds you of your character, maybe it's images, maybe it's quotes, think, whatever you can do to get into your character's mind, do that. It's you're, Again, your DM will love you for it. If you can give your DM a view of what you've done for your character there, after session zero you make it, and then you show up to session one, you'll be like, you know what, I made these quotes because these are things that my character believes in. I might use a couple of them in story. I just wanted you to see them, because DM, I want you to know my character. Because the DM is God. It's beyond God. Because the DM plays the role of the gods. He plays the role of the good guys. He plays the role of the bad guys. There's no reason you're DM. And that's here's something that, that kind, of, kind of brings me to a point that I've seen brought up time and time again, and multiple... Um, avenues where people are asking for advice about their games and such there's I too often see this player versus DM mentality like oh the players are conspiring against the DM and they do so in private okay well you got the wrong idea I'm sorry if my group did that I would be upset with myself because I allowed it to get that far I would say what you don't trust me to make this a fun game i need to know every ability you have i need to have your character sheet every week because i don't want to make things too hard i don't want to make things too easy i don't want to make things that you cannot conquer but i do want to make it a serious damn challenge every week i want you guys to be pushed to the limit as much as possible why because it's fun to face overwhelming odds and succeed. It's fun to have somebody almost die and say, oh my God, at the end of the fight, you know, we got into a couple of scuffles today and we beat the shit out of a few of them. But that last fight, oh my God, it was so fun. Oh, Baldrick fell and, you know, our cleric went down and I thought it was all over. And then the cleric got up and he wasn't really out of it. You know, things like that are super fun. I can't get you to that point if I don't know your character's tactics. And it's, I'm not trying to win the game as a DM. A win for me is for you, especially a new player, because, oh, I love a new player showing up to my game who really wants to play because they often have different ideas. They're impressed by things that like orcs that old players are like, I've seen a billion orcs and killed a billion orcs with 30 different characters. What the, what the hell do I care if we come across some orcs? Right. So new players bring a, a breath of fresh air to that. And so I love it. And I see that. And I just want to reinforce, it is not you versus the DM. Don't ever think that way. Open your character up to your DM as much as possible. Now, there may be some things you don't know about your character or ideas that you see in the future. That's okay. Because you don't have to flesh everything out. As long as whatever you know about your character is shared between you and your DM, that's very important. And you and I have done that in the past with with a very mysterious character that wouldn't open up to the party. 
but I knew what was up. So it helped me shape the story around your character to where those guys could kind of put two and two together and kind of guess at it, guess wrong or guess right at certain places. And that was really fun. Yeah. Well, I think with that, it, it kind of builds on more of what D and D really is. It's not just rolling dice and fighting orcs. Like it's a lot of it can be like, yeah, we have this very specific mission that we're going to conquer as a group. But I mean, there's so many more dynamics that are going on in the group. Um, kind of going back to what you said with session zero, like having, and we've talked about this in the last season of how important it is for the characters to get to know themselves and the people they're playing with um, and how they're connected in terms of relationships of their characters, because you can build on those friendships. You can build on those alliances. Um, one thing that I will say as somebody who's fairly new coming into fifth edition um, when talking about the background is the personality traits, the ideal, the bond, the flaw. Um, they've kind of broken down how, uh, one, you can make it random. So like if you're, when you're building your character, if you're not sure what you're going to do, you can just randomly roll for something under the class that you pick. Um, but as a player, especially a new player, I think it's a good way to be like, oh, something crazy happened. How am I supposed to react? Go to that. Absolutely. That's what it's there for. Go to it. That is the total reason that they've created this. Now, here's the thing. When you are creating your character and you're looking at this section, you can roll. Maybe your DM wants you to roll. Most DMs aren't going to say, hey, you know, roll for this. Um, roll for your personality first, roll for your ideal second. Most DMs aren't going to do that. You may want to as a player, as a new player, and see what kind of crazy character you come up with because I've rolled a few NPCs that way. And it can, but I mean, most of my NPCs are born from what, what I want for my game or what I need for my game. But it's pretty cool to go in and roll these different things. I even made a little chart, which I I can share with our listeners if need be, uh, where everything is randomized from your race to your class to your background to profession, things like that. And it makes some really unique and interesting with some we talked about in our in season one about NPCs. You know, it makes it can make for a really neat thing if you want to challenge yourself in role playing as a new player. Maybe not the ideal situation. But keep in mind also, you don't have to just pick from these lists. You can say, um, you know what, I want to be an outlander. This is one of the most often picked uh, backgrounds in the game, I think. And you might be a forester or a trapper or a bounty hunter or a pilgrim. If everybody picks from this list, there's bound to be some overlap. Um your personality, I'm driven by wanderlust. I watch over my friends. I once ran 25 minutes without stopping. I'd do it again if I had to. I have a lesson for every situation from observing nature. I place no stock in well, wealth or well-mannered folk. Money or manners won't save you from a hungry owlbear. These things are going to overlap. So you may look at these and say, I have something like that. Run it by your DM. It's... I have something like that's a little different. What do you think of this? And your DM might go, heck yeah, man. I like the way you're thinking. 
like you might pick a few of the things from the lists that are here, like your ideal, your bond, or something. But if you have a different flaw in mind, or even if you saw a different flaw over an urchin that seems to fit with your outlander uh, thought process, talk to your DM about it. If it's workable and it makes sense for your character, these are all just guidelines. Because back in the day, back when we played only uh, second edition or 3.5 or 3X or Pathfinder, we didn't have this. We wrote backgrounds on a piece of paper that were two pages long that talked about how, where we were born, who our parents were. And you can even go into Xanathar's guide and get more information about your background, which is pretty cool as well. Talk to your DM. Maybe your DM wants you to do it the old way. Maybe he wants you to just write a paragraph about your character, what a day in the life of your character is like. Maybe he wants you to make an ideal flaw bond personality trait thing another thing we do is personality traits like that aren't in this book i have a list of 1000 possible personality traits that i've actually recently funneled into 100 because it's easier to look at 100 personality traits to choose from and if you pick two of them along with your alignment man that tells you a lot about your character so these are just things to keep in mind Maybe instead of picking personality traits from the book, you go by that method for your personality traits, and then you move to ideal or bond law. So, you know, just talk with your DM and try to make your your character make sense. Try to make it a living, living, breathing entity, um, and tr you know, try to make it make sense with your party if you can. Uh, that's that's something that's actually kind of interesting about the game I've got coming up. Um, where I believe my DM, his name is Eric. Uh, he's from, and you guys should check this out, the D20 Initiative. He's got a Twitch, twitch.tv slash the D20 Initiative, and that's T-H-E-D-2-0-I-N-I-T-I-A-T-I-V-E, the D20 Initiative. Um, we'll be playing on Twitch, the, the, the Epic Safeguard, that's uh, E-P-O-C-H, Safeguard. And I get to play a druid in there. Now, I asked him a couple of times, you know, what else is out there? Could I be the healer of the party? Do we need a dedicated healer? I love playing clerics. I've always loved playing clerics. I've always loved playing druids, my top two favorite classes. He said, man, I'm not going to tell you. This is a little bit of a, of a kind of like a blind choice i'm not sure why he's doing it this way he's got something in mind and i'm interested to see what it is because i know he's got several experienced players aboard um i think there's five or six of us and so that's going to start on the on the 31st of this month what month is this july <laughs> that's right july 31st uh, on wednesday nights at 6 30 eastern standard time so if you guys get a chance um, the D20 Initiative also has a YouTube channel. You can check out a Facebook page that you can like and uh, share information there. And you know, always remember to come check out our page on there as well as D&D 420, the Guild. The Guild. And we're also on YouTube, on WeedTube. We're on, uh, we're on all kinds of stuff. Where else are we? We're on uh, Spotify. Uh, Podbean, and 
the the OG of it all, dnd420.com, where I keep my world and some of my events coming up. So that that's how to get started doing your your character anyway. That's what I'll talk about today. Well, apparently, that's what we ended up talking about today. Yeah. So I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to do just that. I'm going to go back through the 5th edition book. I'm going to look through the background. And I think what we can do is slowly start building a character that I have in mind. And then we can see, say, from my point of view as a new as a new player, how I want to play the game. And then you can help me transcribe that to the D&D world. Thanks for listening to this episode of the D&D 420 podcast. For everything D&D 420 related, check out dnd420.com. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can find us there on the website and on YouTube at DND420. Lastly, as always, if you'd like to support the show, you can do that by telling another DM about the show and by visiting us on Apple Podcasts and leaving a rating and review. Thanks for subscribing and being a part of our work here at DND420. We will see you next week.